that is probably the most excited I've ever been and ever will be to see dudes in their underwear playing, playing dodgeball. <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast, where my sole aim is to have an in-depth conversation about the sport we've all grown to love with those who love it. Whether you're brand spanking new to this amazing gift that keeps on giving, I'm talking about dodgeball, or have been around as long as I have or longer, my hope is that you'll enjoy these episodes as much as I enjoy making them and that you become that much more endeared to the game. My next guest should be no stranger to the dodgeball community. He's an amazing dodgeball advocate, member of the team New York Empire, world record holder, all-around great guy, and someone I can talk dodgeball with for hours on end. So, without further ado, here we go. Alrighty, well I am here now with uh, Rob Hometown Immel. Rob, thank you so much for uh, doing this again. I know that we had a pretty awesome conversation, what, two months ago, and because of Technical ignorance, you know, here we are again trying to figure it out, but um, appreciate you hanging in there. I, I really wanted to capture our conversa- conversation, um, so I guess we kind of have to do it again, but um, fortunately I kept all the questions. Uh, let me go ahead and start with uh, why hometown? Uh, hometown. Uh, first of all, thanks for for asking me to, to chat with you on this podcast. Oh, sure. I really appreciate it, and uh, any opportunity to talk about dodgeball is one that I uh, will definitely take advantage of. Um, hometown, hometown <laughs> was born, I guess. Um, actually, when I went out to Vegas to try out for the NDL Pros in 2005, I went out with a uh, a friend who I just met, and uh, he wasn't from the area that uh, that I'm from. But any time that uh, we went, we went out, whether it be to a club or to a concert or to some kind of family event, I knew a lot of people, and uh, he kept asking me like, "Where's your hometown?" And I'm like, here, maybe we'd be in different places. And even in Las Vegas, I'd run into people. And he's like, dude, it's like everywhere we go, it's like your hometown. You just know everybody. He's like, you are hometown. And uh, that, that kind of stuck. And it's, it's kind of true. Every time I go to a new place, I, I have a connection to somebody there. And I don't know, I'm involved with a lot of different things, so I know a lot of different people. And that's how hometown was created. Nice. Yeah, I was, um, I was talking to Eric Breadtruck Tillmans, and it's it's kind of like, nicknames just kind of stick with you and some are most of them seem to be given um i can yeah. go into detail about mine but i like i can always tell you that uh it was bestowed upon me it wasn't really a choice like i will be known as hurricane it, it just it became that way it was like a term of endearment and it's just yeah. like a, a common theme in dodgeball like it just most people are going to have nicknames at some point in their lives and some own it and some are like no don't call me that that's not cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> well just, you know the way her- it's going to happen Hurricane and hometown are a lot better than like uh, Stone Hands and uh, you know. That's uh, a very good point. Dodger, you know? So <laughs> if we if we get you know one bestowed upon us that is okay and we can live with, we should accept it because who knows what the next one might be, you know. That is a very good point. I am actually now grateful for Hurricane even more so. So let's <laughs> keep it at that. Well, uh, well, one of the things that I'm doing with this podcast is I'm I'm trying to spend some time. Um, going back to the good old days and by good old days, I mean like even pre NDL. And one of the things that I really appreciated about our conversation was just kind of talking about how you came to dodgeball. Um, it's, it shocks me that Tucson, I know big surprise is not the only city that started playing dodgeball before the movie. And 
I'm thinking we started around 2004-ish. Um, how about you? When did you start and how did you start, I guess, is probably the better question. So how, how did you get into dodgeball? You know, I, this, uh, this question comes up a lot. And uh, it just it's funny because I, I remember it like everybody else in, in grade school and high school and things like that. But then I, it just kind of like left. But then it kind of just <laughs> from a fe- like a phoenix kind of like reemerged in my mind um, in college. Uh, just I was involved in some – I played basketball a little bit in college, and then I stopped and then kind of did every intramural sport. And I was just kind of thinking about different games and, uh, you know, just after kickball intramurals, we would kind of like just throw a ball around and, and kind of do like outlaw games and break into the field house and do dodgeball games. Um, so that, I think that was kind of it. And then uh, one day in my statistics class, uh, Dr. Ray Papalardi asks the huge – room of future teachers of the world, future physical educators, um, just for an example of a game that we would like to teach in our future classes. And I think I was a junior in college, and I shot my hand up from the third row and said, uh, dodgeball. And the look that that he gave me and the collective like gasp from the rest of the <laughs> student body was unforgettable. I, I thought you would think I slept with his daughter. Like, it was so ridiculous, this cold look. And he's a younger, like, fun guy. He actually played it, like, on my volleyball intramural team. Um, he was like, dodgeball? You would you never, ever, ever teach dodgeball. That's the worst game you could ever think of. That's the, and it was just, he was berating me for just saying this one word. So as he's going through his whole spiel about how bad dodgeball is, like, in my mind, it's like an inner monologue of, wow, this is so bad it must be really awesome <laughs> <laughs> it must be really good to get that kind of response yeah so i just from there i was hooked i was like i need to know what i need to find i need to figure out something to, to do this game and in my mind it was like unheard of so i thought i was some some pioneer of the whole thing like i almost invented it you know but from there it was just thinking about it doing small games and uh, when I came home from college in 2003, I would just take over local tennis courts and just drop the net. I manufactured this weird key because I didn't have a tool to drop the net because they were kind of locked. And I would just unlock or break down the nets and put them back up like nobody nobody knew. And every weekend, we would just play in these tennis courts. And we'd have high school kids. To My dad played and my sister played and my girlfriend at the time, who was my wife now, she played. Nice. And we played year-round. I remember waking up in the morning and going and salting all the ice spots after I shoveled, smashing all the ice and sweeping off the tennis courts, and we played dodgeball in the wintertime. We'd have 30 people there. Um, and I was 03, and then obviously I would just go online and look for, for opportunities to play and learn more about the game and find people like you somehow to uh, get together and, and see what the sport has to offer. Yeah, it, it's crazy how we all somehow found each other before the good old days of like Facebook and even MySpace like was was slowly starting to emerge and like somehow we all knew dodgeball was happening where there was like message boards uh, I remember dodgeballer.com I think was like the first one that was like holy crap this is a, a website specifically for dodgeball this is my life now right, so we just right. like we just cross our fingers waiting for like an Arizona tournament and um, when, when you when you got started let's go back to how you played so you know, pre-movie for us, we we played medic, and so the rules were similar, but 
the games just went on forever. Like the, the the idea of once you're out, you're done, and you can only get back if you're caught in was so foreign to to us and to me that I thought it was stupid. Like when the movie came out, I was like, "Cool, you just ruined our Saturday night version of dodgeball." And um, how did how did you play? Um, we it's funny because I, I I look back and it was just it was just that we would either do um, everybody until you're eliminated. Uh, this old guy Ronnie, this old like backwoods guy, he uh, <laughs> he told me about the catch thing, um, and that was and then we just went with that and that was it. And then we saw the movie or whatever. I was like, oh, it must be what it is. Uh, and that's actually the first guy who who told me how to pinch. He's probably like 65 right now, and he wow. said he said he he used to take the volleyballs and pinch them. And I thought he was nuts until I tried it. Uh, that's a whole other story, but yeah, it's funny because we went to. I went to when I was in college. I was with people from all over all over the state of New York. So people from Long Island and upstate and up near Canada and out west near Buffalo, and everybody kind of had simple little versions of this crazy sport that, that we wanted to call dodgeball. We knew it was dodgeball, so we would just kind of pick and choose what we liked from each one. Because, like for us, we found out about pinching through Mason Shank. I don't know if you remember the. The big dude that would come out of uh, Arizona, yeah. we would call Doom Train. Like he, yep. he just had a monster grip, and he's like, "Hey guys, if you if you do this and throw it like that, it, it, you just get like ten more miles per hour." And we're just like, "Holy crap, that's amazing!" We just like found a hack, like a you know, like God mode type of thing, got, just got unlocked. And just hearing like how um, the progression of dodgeball or tennis court equals dodgeball, and let's just take and pick from these movies or from these uh, rule sets, excuse me, and then slowly kind of evolve on in our own way but at the same time collectively it seems like we were doing that in other states as well that's pretty crazy um when yeah, they came out oh god you think that you know oh he, you know this this old guy plays this way it must be just like made up but you know as everything comes to the surface now and we kind of can cross paths and and talk to people from all over the country everybody has that old guy and everybody has that same rule it just wasn't it wasn't known you know it wasn't just so uncovered it was it was out there we just had to go get it you know it was like collective conscious type thing uh, yeah evolving. speaking of um of old guys just random question came to mind who who has been the most random um person that that came across your your the dodgeball as it was happening like um have any any outrageously crazy characters that, that just came to mind or just you know crossing <laughs> paths with um i'll give you an example so for us uh, we had one of our House of Representatives come play dodgeball, and I didn't find out until uh, I think I saw him in the news or something. I was like, wait a minute, I know this guy. Like, He plays in my league. This is crazy. Um, anything like that on your end? Uh, I don't, no, I don't think so. I mean, every every tournament I go to, every time I play, I run into people that I just can't imagine. It's always a funny story. I mean, I played a team of, when I first started out, probably in 04, uh, a team of semi-professional wrestlers were in town, and they, they put a team in this tournament. I remember this skinny kid wearing a golden speedo, and he called himself Butters. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, you, you have, you have <laughs> characters like that. That's not something I think, you want to see. You know, uh, it's kind of odd. Sometimes uh, I'll have a parent of a student show up at Open Dodgeball, so I can kind of throw a ball at a student's parent. Um, that's kind of cool. Uh, we have a lot. Of, we did a lot of charity things and the world record things, so we get you know, representatives and, you know, political parties and things like that to, to come and watch. But I, off the top of my head, I can't think of anything 
too crazy that uh, I've played against or seen. I've seen people on the street that ask me to throw a ball at them, <laughs> you know, but uh, <laughs> nothing really on the dodgeball court that really sticks out. Gotcha. So this this whole thing started to slowly take shape, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, you said about 2003? That's right. Like you guys kind of had your momentum going. Um, when the movie came out, how much of a change did you see? Did it, did you just blow up? Did you have more people hitting you up for number uh, for for games, or um, how did that impact you? Yeah, I think that um, we had definitely had a large increase in popularity, but you know, half of it was a uh, bunch of goofballs. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, the novelty right? people. Right, right. But the other part was like, all right, wow, maybe. This is something I can do. I've played some sports before, but I uh, never really found my niche. This looks awesome. Uh, thanks to the movie, I'm here. You know, but of course, with that is the other side of the road where people are like, "Yeah, let's just get let's just get drunk and uh, throw balls at each other," and just to say that we did it. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. Just people riding the wave, and some people cashing in on it, and some people like, "Oh, you know, we're going to be the purple cobras, just like the movie." Ha ha ha! Lol. Yeah, and then, exactly. Uh, but you know, we, I'll take I'll take half the teams that are just awful and just doing it for the movies, just for a few teams of people that really want to play. You know, if that's what it took to wake them up to the sport, if they didn't have the opportunity, kind of like like I did or what we did, um, and they needed that to see that on the big screen to say, "Wow, I want to try it," I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. It's like you have this filter of for every ten people that show up whether it's because of the movie or because of a tournament or whatever, what have you, you know, of those 10, you might get like seven that are going to stick around for like a league or two. You might get five that are going to be all about the tournaments, but you might get like one or two that are going to like be with you along your side, traveling, doing all the competitive tournaments. And they're the ones that are going to become like, you know, the, the major players. And it's, uh, you're, you're right. It's, it's like, we'll, we'll take the novelty. We'll take the silliness, but just keep feeding bodies to us and we'll, we'll do it. Exactly. And that, and that's, and that's tough to find. And I, you know, I don't want to, segue into something different, but it's tough to find uh, players that want to travel for dodgeball. You know, you know, I involved in softball and basketball and kickball and volleyball leagues. And it's easy to, to find teams. You know, teams form and they <clears throat> players jump left and right, but to have someone come to dodgeball and come back wanting to get better and wanting to join the A team and wanting to travel and, and hopefully take it to the next level is is actually tough to find. Oh yeah. It is and it it's it's kind of rough because dodgeball is so already obscure. If you for some reason get the crazy idea to play dodgeball, you show up and you just get rolled. Like you just get lit up all day long. You get uh cross-courted, you get caught, like you spend most of your time in the queue, you come back with some bruises. It's a really good chance you're you're not going to come back and for me, you know, being a league organizer, I would it would just kill me to see this. I would try to snuff it out every chance I got. Because people needed yeah. like some kind of onboarding ramp. Um, I'm sure you experienced that too, right? Just yeah, trying, and it's, trying to coach people it's tough and, because, you know, there's not – people expect to just play this game and just be the top level that they know. If it, if it was, uh, you know, you had your expert, you had your pro, you had your expert, you had your beginner, you had your amateur, then they'd say, yeah, I'm just a beginner, I'm looking to be amateur. People show up to a dodgeball league or game or tournament expecting to be the best always. And that's just a, that's just where we are right now. If people can't put on their Facebook status that they're that they're the best at dodgeball, they're not going to want to do it. And it sucks because I see these good athletes and these good people show up on my dodgeball night. They come with their college buddies who's are home for Thanksgiving break, 
and they'll come for an hour, they'll fake an injury, or they'll just get hit and they just will not come back. <laughs> and I think it's a huge ego blow, and this this is a really highly, you know, high testosterone game we have. We're we're trying to, you know, throw a ball as hard as we possibly can at the person across from us. Yeah, and it's very, awesome. Very Obviously, you and I, you and I know that we we're gonna hug and high five and pal and have a beer after after the match. But when you're out there, if you can't handle losing or you can't handle getting hit or looking like a fool, then it's not a game for you. And unfortunately, instead of like I would do, instead of going home, going, all right, I needed to get better. I shouldn't have thrown that high or I shouldn't have thrown by myself. People just go home and say, ah, oh, screw it. It's just a screw off sport like dodgeball. Yeah, like I don't so need this. It's that rare gem that comes back and says, yeah, you know what? Uh, last week I sucked. Rob, tell me what I can do better. <clears throat> and when that happens, I'm like, yes, cool. You're with me. <laughs> I'm like, I will give you all the knowledge, my son. Like you will learn. <laughs> That's right. My child. Yeah, the um, – the, so you, you've come from an athletic background. What um, – are there any particular sports that you played growing up that you feel just kind of molded you into a dodgeball player already? Like you played some baseball, so therefore you can throw and um, and whatnot. Um, um I, no, <laughs> I played all sports, but I don't think anything molded me uh, to be a good dodgeball player. I think my love for athletics kind of took over because in this sport you have to be an athlete. You know, if, if you're fat and you can throw 100 miles an hour, great, but you're a big target. You have to be well-rounded. You have to be on the ground. You have to be up in the air. You have to throw hard. You have to track well. You have to be smart. You know, other sports, I think it's kind of, you know, it kind of replicates my personality because even in anything that I do, I'm all over the place. You know what I mean? I can't sit still. So this sport was just for me. I mean, I, basketball is my number one sport. Um, I raced motocrosses as a kid and then as a young adult. Uh, so I think that gave me like the toughness for the sport and the and the drive to be better. Um, but no no traditional sport I think can I can I can kind of give credit to uh, for my success in dodgeball. I think it's just my love for the sport and wanting to be better, and also the challenges that it takes because you can't just be a thrower, you can't just be a dodger. If you want to be an all around good player, you have to be everything, and that's tough to do. So I think that's why I love it the most. I think that's what draws me. So I think maybe my competitive nature, I guess, helps me. But uh, I, I can't say that one traditional sport has, has helped me um, with my success in dodgeball. Like any more or any less than, than others? <clears throat> gotcha. Um, so going into competitive nature, um, so now we're looking at, say, tw- but 2004 is when the movie came out. So we have this this crazy rush of people. And next thing you know, um, and I, I really am trying to dig deep and figure out how I found out, but you hear about the National Dodgeball League Dodgeball World Championship. Yeah. DWC Dodgeball World Conference. It's, it's, it was like the championship and conference. but Yeah, it was championship, I think, yeah. Yeah, and, and I don't know how this happened. Probably from, from Dodgeblogger. And I'm getting way into the the weeds here, but uh, I just remember getting the flyer for the twenty five thousand dollar tournament, and just completely <laughs> losing my mind. Like it was like I, I got that flyer and I immediately called up every single person uh, in 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 Tucson. Like guys, we have to go to Vegas. We have to we have to do this. Like there, there's just no question about it. I must have spent like hours on the website just reading 
and rereading every little thing, trying to find every little nook and cranny of the website. Um, how, what were you when you found out about the DWC and, and or uh, yeah, DWC and how did you find out? I was uh, I was just like you. I found I would just search. I would just search all the time. I remember uh, my girlfriend and I, wife at the time, lived in this apartment and we had this room, you know, with a computer in it. It's not like laptop days, you know. Uh, and I would just search. I would just sit in there. I would listen to music. I would just search dodgeball, dodgeball images, dodgeball rules, dodgeball anything. And I right. think I just typed in like pro dodgeball. And I think a, a, the tryout information popped up. And I was like, what? Where is this? And I'm like, Vegas. I'm like, oh, shit. But then, like, I was an unemployed wannabe teacher. I didn't have any kind of cash to go to Vegas. But as soon as I saw it, I'm like, well, I'm definitely going. You know, it, there was never a doubt in my mind, like, I have to do this. I think it was probably your reaction when you saw that poster was my reaction when I saw the ad. Uh, and I, it, it just, okay, it's just I'm drawn, I'm drawn to it. I have to go figure this out. If I obsess over this so much, I think this, this is the mecca of all that I am searching for. I have to get there. And, uh, and I went. <laughs> yeah, it's quite the, the call to action and just uh, getting there was, was amazing. And just the, the hype and the energy and the excitement of just what's it going to be like was, was just too cool. Um, what, uh, did, you, did you hop on a team or did you play for a team? If you can yeah, I did. I didn't, I didn't go out. I went out with the guy who actually made me hometown because uh, his parents had like some free – I don't know, some free stuff for a, a room. So we got like a free room and he wanted nice. to go out and party. He played pickup with me but had no interest in, in playing competitively. So I hopped on a couple teams as a free agent. We got in like super late. So I was basically the, just there for the uh, the NDL Pro tryout. Gotcha. I'm trying to remember. Um, I'm trying to place you visually. It's just not happening. <clears throat> but I'm, I'm, I imagine that's forgivable. Now you'd mentioned um, in a previous conversation, like didn't you like hitchhike to the venue, or yeah. you're just like no. not gonna miss this for anything, right? Yeah, I got there and it was it was in Henderson, which is you know I get there thinking it's like right on the strip. I've never spent too much time in Vegas uh, previously to this, so I'm like, oh well, <laughs> we all take a bus from uh, Caesar's Palace. So I can I remember like some faces like on that bus. I see people like, you know, a tiger bombing their shoulder, and I'm just like sitting there. I'm just by myself, just like I the tiger, like rocky scenes in my head. Uh, and we get bust out. And I think I got like fifty bucks in my pocket. And we get there, I'm doing the whole thing, and I meet Nikki, who I've been in touch with, uh, Nikki Legrano for you know, month previous to trying to organize everything. And before I leave, I get a t shirt. And a wristband and a couple pins. So that was like thirty-five bucks. <laughs> so I got like fifteen dollars, which is not enough for a cab ride back to the strip. So I'm like, well, it's like 106 degrees. I guess I guess I'm walking. <laughs> well, I start. I, I leave home courts and I walk for like 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> all of a sudden, the cab pulls over, and uh, it was a guy that I tried out with from Chicago. And he's like, what are you doing walking? I'm like, well, I'm just looking to get back to the strip. You know, I, don't, I have 15 bucks. He's like, get in. He's like, you had an awesome tryout. He's like, so much fun. He's like, I'm going back to the palace. Is that okay? I'm like, yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
I go, dude, I have a credit card. I could buy some lunch after or something. He's like, no, you had a great tryout. He's like, cab rides on me. He's like, hope you make it. Good luck. And uh, and that was it. That's crazy. Yeah, but like that's that's just a um a small testament of uh the dodgeball community, though. You know what I mean? Looking back on it now, that would never be an issue. A ride. People people bend over backwards for other dodgeball players. Oh, yeah, I mean you've got. You, you got couches to surf on or, or, or beds to, to, you know, guest rooms and, and people host you. And um, yeah, that's it. there's even yeah, been I've talk had, of what's that? I've had random, random dodgeball players sleeping on my couch just because just they wanted to play in our facility on a Monday night. Uh, my wife will come downstairs and come back up before work and say, Who, who's, on our, who's on our couch? You know, it's just, that's what <laughs> it's it a is. Dodgeball player. Come and play dodgeball for two hours and, have a few beers after and pass out on my couch. More than welcome. That's funny because that was one of the things I was thinking about um, not too long ago. In fact, I think it might have been like yesterday. Is that there are, um, and I'll probably capitalize on this more or focus more on it, but there's a there's some kind of consistency that dodgeball brings. And it all started with, for me, you know, and, and for you as well, you know, 2005, that tryout. Because here comes 2006, and we start to see similar faces, and then we start to it just becomes a community. And I think that's that I couldn't pin it at the time, but when I left Vegas that that evening, you know, I was really bummed. Like I'm just coming off of this adrenaline high. I just could not believe the amount of competition that was out there. But the fact that there are so many people like me that are down to play dodgeball and we're just totally cool about it. Like we didn't know it at the time, but we made some pretty solid friends. I think for 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 years to come, and some that are still you know within our social circles. I feel. Yeah, uh, you know, one hundred percent, and it's and that was all. That's all pre Facebook groups. You know what I mean? It wasn't like a right. meetup thing. It wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna post on here. I'm getting into Vegas. Who's down for dinner at Margaritaville? It's like show up on a whim and maybe meet some people. Not like. Look at your phone every your flip phone every four seconds to see what's going on, <laughs> or who's winning or losing. You know now it's easy. Now you just look and people people recognize me just from social media stuff. You know what I mean? I don't know who these people are. Uh, you know, and the camaraderie. I and just through dodgeball, my best friends, all my best friends I've met through the sport, leagues that I've run or leagues that I've played in or tournaments I've played in, people that my kids call uncle are. Best friends I've met playing dodgeball. Um, yeah, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, it's uh it's like a. It felt like at first it was like an underground society. Like, oh, I know people in this city will be okay, or I've got friends here because of this crazy thing called dodgeball. And it's uh because of social media, it's it's we're more connected than ever. Speaking of that, so we you know we're moving into 2006 ish now. Um, DWC is over. We're all excited about um, the future, the next tournament, uh, the professional season, all the stuff that's coming around. And uh, I remember I'm sitting, I'm just chilling in an apartment at a friend's house, and I see a commercial, and it opens up with a dodgeball, and <laughs> I just lose my mind. And my friends are like, what, "What's what's up?" And I was like, "Oh my god, it, it's here! It, this is it!" And uh, it was the Hanes dodgeball underwear commercial, and I really hope that. Um, it's out. It's still out there on YouTube somewhere. Um, that is probably the most excited I've ever been and ever will be to see dudes in their underwear playing, playing dodgeball. 
but holy crap, did I lose my mind? I was like, oh my God, dodgeball is it, dude. It, we made it. This is so great. And I just I wanted to watch it over and over again. Which is, I guess we'll just stop there. But um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, were you in that commercial by chance or did you have anything to do with that? No, no, I got the, um, I got the invite, I got the, the package or whatever and uh, sent my video in and, um, you know, Nikki called and said, am I, am I interested? And I, I was a new, I was a new teacher and I remember going to my athletic director and saying, hey, this opportunity uh, came up, this is what it is, blah, 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 because I was a new teacher, I was super scared, I didn't want to lose my job and all this stuff, I didn't know what was going on. And, you know, you go to college and as a teacher they say, you can't do this, can't do that. So... He's like, well, do what you want. He's like, but what what are you going to do when you have students, female students that are 17, 18-year-olds that have your picture of you in your underwear in their locker? <laughs> so that, I was like, yeah, I could get yeah. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a great point. Um, but Nikki invited me out to the city. They did a, um, a photo shoot at Rutgers for like um, ESPN the Magazine and Men's Health and Fitness. So I got ton of Haynes underwear as much as I could can carry uh, so that I mean that was pretty cool got to hang out uh, with those guys but yeah I, I remember the same thing I I did find it a little awkward that I kept excitedly showing people that I know uh, hey check out this commercial yeah, anyway right. it was you know mid 20 year olds in their underwear jumping around but um, yeah, that was awesome I was, I was super pumped for those guys and super pumped for the sport uh, yeah, it was great yeah I um so we uh, we in Tucson we we got the invite. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't because I still weighed like 150 pounds and it was just I didn't know what I was doing physically at all. But it, just to have one of us like even have the chance to be selected to, to, to parade around their underwear, which is still crazy, it was such a big <laughs> deal. It, it was just my goodness, you know, Hanes today, tomorrow Nike. You know, it was just like such such high hopes and expectations and just continue to feed that fire and then you have like the tour stops going on and so now you know phoenix is connecting with tucson um i imagine it was kind of similar to you because i think you were part of one of those four tour stops in 2006 if you can recall mm-hmm. um yeah it was just it was just awesome how everything was shaping up and then to kind of segue into um what i i'm gonna say like what kind of has spawned off of the, of the NDL, but a lot of people see elite dodgeball now as the competitive front. And it's, it's, it's crazy to think about how somebody coming in now, or even two, three years ago, um, are coming in because of UDC or elite. And they have no idea like what life was like back in the day. It was just like, it's just completely crazy and, and undeveloped compared to where we are now. And then you have things like, um, like Outcast, where we have people such as yourself that are going overseas to play. Like, there's just so much development, so much evolution in dodgeball. Um, how did that come about? How do, how do we go from checking to find out their tournaments on a message board to I'm in Germany <laughs> and I'm playing dodgeball with a bunch of other people from around the world? What, what was that like? And how did that even come to be? Um, wow. Uh, that's quite yeah. the question. L- loaded question there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, we have these opportunities now because what happened when we saw that flyer or that advertisement and we dragged our asses to Vegas, however we could, hitchhiking, uh, big bar or steel to get there, we went there and we were provided with 
a hell of an opportunity to play this game that we loved. And what did we do with that? We came home, and it just, like, pyramided out. Yo, it was so great. We played, I met this guy from New York. I met this guy from Arizona. I, met this guy, I played against California. I played against Hawaii. Um, so who wouldn't want to do that? Right? So all these other people say, let's just do it here. Let's do it ourselves. So now there's opportunities to play all over. And that's great. That's what we want, right? Um, oh, and there's no, there's no overseeing body that's going to say, whoa, 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 you can't start up a dodgeball league because the dodgeball league already exists. So they're just going to pop up. And that's great. Keep playing. That's awesome. How it spawns to overseas is because they see us doing it, and it's the same exact thing. They want to provide opportunities. And once as you know it, once you play, you're hooked. You're going to want to do it more for memories. You're going to do it more to, to, to better yourself or become a better player. You don't want to do it to laugh at yourself. You know? So so that's how these opportunities are, are arising, these different leagues. And it's it's great. Um, but it's all from providing an opportunity. Uh, so the, the whole Germany thing and outcast is just a whole other story. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned um, you laugh at yourself when you're playing. Um I don't know what, what goes on in my body, but like my endorphins just like shoot up. And so I will laugh out loud, uncharacteristically loud at myself or at the funniest things that happen. And it's, just, and it's like laughing from like the belly. It's like an uproar. And sometimes I'm like, man, where, where did that come from? Like, what is this pure joy that I'm still feeling, you know, at 34 years old? Like, how's this even, how's it so that I played for so long all across the play, like everywhere. And there's still something new that, that I haven't experienced yet or, or is still funny to me or is still exhilarating. Right. right. I, I imagine, um, you know, playing in Germany, um, kind of how you explained it when we last spoke, uh, completely new experience that, that probably you just cannot top. What are some highlights that you remember from that trip? Uh, the trip was great. I mean, I went, first of all, I went with my best friends. I went with my three best friends that played for, for New York empire. Um, so that was great. We all got invited, and uh, we didn't know what to expect. Obviously, we go on YouTube and try to watch these things, and you look at the the YouTube commercial for the uh, Dodgeball Beach Cup, and it's a huge party. So first of all, so it's the first thing I do is I send my wife like this seven minute video, <laughs> like, hey, I want to I want to go here in in August and uh, or July, whenever it was. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay, well, it looks fun, <laughs> you know. Um, so just having the opportunity just to go over there to play the sport that. You know, we all hold so dearly. Uh, was was super super awesome. Um, so we get there, and even on the plane, we're all wearing our dodgeball gear and U.S. dodgeball and, and New York Empire dodgeball. So people are just starting to ask a little bit about some things. We didn't really know what to expect. We just thought it was a normal tournament. You know, a lot of tournaments you go to in the states, it's usually at like a community center or some kind of rec center, some gym that's located maybe in some industrial park or maybe some suburban area with some schools around it, and something's usually booked in the gym next door. That's not the case for Germany. The whole town shuts down. Half of the town's population, 10,000 people, go to this tournament to either play in it or watch. It is an event they look forward to every single year. Like, it that's is the wild. town's event. So, you know, uh, Emmanuel, he... He said, you know, the captain of the team, the guy who started Outcast, he's like, hey, if you can, wear your Outcast jerseys as much as you can. He's like, the black and pink is famous. And, you know, he's a, he's a happy Singaporean dude, and we're just like, oh, yeah, well, whatever. 
Well, he's he's definitely not joking. You, we were in grocery stores getting asked to take pictures with people. I I, I don't speak. Wow. Um, I know beer and I know nine. That's the only German <laughs> words I know. So uh, it was it was pretty awesome. He's so right. I mean, people were were arguing with each other to see who can put us up for the night. And uh, half our team stayed in one house, and and my buddy Brett and I stayed at another house, and we go down and. There's like chocolates by the bed. There's fresh water by the bed. There's fresh towels and everything else. Everything we need. Wow. So we we go to sleep. We're of course we're reenacting some some famous lines from the movie Taken because we just think this is it. You know? <laughs> we're gonna die. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we wake up in the morning, open the door, and the whole family is just standing there, like coffee, what you, like just waiting to see. Like we're famous people. It's it's ridiculous, but um. That that right there was kind of it's definitely a highlight of my dodgeball career and, and and one that I'll never forget and hopefully I can get back there um, to be part of it again. But uh, it was just a, a huge smile on my face the entire time just to say, okay, this is how this is how it should be. You know, we're this is being treated as a real sport. We're being treated as real athletes, and uh, it was it was very incredible to see 163 teams in this what they call a small town of 20,000 in Stadlum, Germany. Uh, show up on this weekend to to play, to party, but most of all to be a part of uh, a great event that is the Dodgeball Beach Cup. That is awesome. It sounds like if if you're gonna if you have a bucket list of of things to do before you retire, like that has to be one of them. It sounds like one hundred percent, one hundred percent. So how how does one get on Outcast? Um, are you able to to speak towards that a little bit? Yeah, um, Outcast was formed because uh, Emmanuel Tan, he, he played in Singapore and he just showed up wanting to play just like we did. Um, just like I did in Vegas, he showed up and the people uh, that was running the league said, you need a team to play on. So he would just go every week and he would just hang out there and uh, he just looked for people that were outcasts that didn't have a team. Nice. So that's how the name came up. He's like, hey, we are we were the outcasts. We like are the outcasts. Outcast. We are outcast so what he's doing now and is the opposite of what happened to him he was not afforded the opportunity to play but now he has his team he's giving he's providing that opportunity to play as the outcast so he looks for people who are fun who are good people who have some dodgeball skill maybe but that's not the top of the list um he wants to spread the good word of uh, of dodgeball and that's by playing and by representing uh, individual countries, but but mainly uh, Outcast as a solid dodgeball squad that is very respectful of the game and the people they play against for the future of the game. Um, so I asked him, like, what, what's the deal? He's like, you're more than welcome to play, but I wanted my, my, my friends to come with me. I'm not going to go to Germany by myself. Vegas is one thing. but uh, And so he said, yeah. Bring them along, and it was it was awesome. We had on our outcast team this year. We had three of us from the states. We had a guy from Singapore, a guy from Scotland, a guy from Ireland, and a guy from England. I think that's it on our team, and we we all got together and we played well, and we actually won the tournament. It was it was awesome. Oh, nice! So just to completely sweeten the deal even more. Oh yeah, by the way, we're champions. and We won. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's awesome. It was great. It was great. And and the people and the people of the town, half of them were cheering us on because we were outcasts, and half of them wanted us to lose because they won in the past. And I love that, you know. 
but at the end of the day, it was a great party, and just seeing the countryside, and we ended up going, getting a party bus, and taking, I think, 20 of us to uh, a local bed and breakfast where we had dinner, and they had this whole table set up with outcast signs, and we walked in like we were celebrities. Wow. That is awesome. I will uh, I'll be looking into this next year for sure. That's definitely on my list. Um, so speaking of recognition um, and worldly events, so if I recall memory serves me correctly, you set a world record, right? Yeah. Uh, I attempted three and set two. Um, longest marathon playing dodgeball. Oh, God, it's even hard for me to say that without dry heaving. Um, <laughs> uh, first attempt was 24 hours, but we kind of did that incorrectly um, with the format and everything else. Uh, the next attempt was 31 hours. That was in 2010. We played for 31 hours, 11 minutes, and 13 seconds um, of continuous dodgeball. And then a, a group from Castleton College in Vermont uh, played for 42 hours. And it, we watched a film on that and uh, some of the highlights. And it was just ridiculous. They're playing barefoot and they were just like messing around. They're on each other's shoulders and they weren't like real players. So we're like, we gotta, we gotta bring that record back home where it, where it belongs with some real dodgeball people that have a rubber heart and uh, you know just really have love for the for the game. So we played again for forty three hours straight, and uh, it was awesome and and awful. But um, you know, we had the forty three hour temp. We had people from New York City. We had um, a lot of upstate people, uh, upstate New York people. My friend Toshia Yoshida from Japan flew over just for the record, uh, wow. and it was great. There's, there's 18 of us. There's nine on each team. Obviously, six play at a time, so you did have a little bit of rest in there. But uh, I was up for 67 hours straight, and I'm sure you can attest to staying up with, with your background. But uh, we played 800 something competitive dodgeball games. Like it was competitive. It wasn't just go out there and throw. We did have some fun games in the, you know, in the wee hours at 3, 4 in the morning, but um, it was competitive dodgeball, and uh, it was the most exhausted uh, I'll ever be. But worth yeah, it. I, I can't even... I'm sure I played 800 games cumulative in my 10, 12-year span of playing dodgeball. I could not even picture doing that repetitively. Like, when we first started, you know, we would we considered marathon dodgeball playing from seven thirty p.m. to one two o'clock in the morning until we literally cannot throw a single ball anymore, and or the cops <laughs> are chasing us out. And even now, like you know, I aged quite a. I'm gonna I'm gonna be a little bit more generous with myself. I am older now, and you know, I played in a three division tournament um, that Kelly hosted um, in L.A. the L.A. Classic. And at first I was like, oh, three divisions, cool, that sounds great, sounds fantastic, I can totally do this. By the end of the first day, I was just dead. And like this also <laughs> happened with Sin City, like you're, you're just, we're just so dead. And I never thought, like I must have really just disappointed the, the inner young adult in myself. <clears throat> but I cannot wait for round robin to end. I was just like, just make it stop. <laughs> like I found out we had like three <laughs> more rounds left. And I was like, this is a nightmare. Like how, how did you... How did you even last? Like, how did you? What was the setup well, like? And if, so many questions. If we, <laughs> if we weren't doing it for an official Guinness World Record, I don't think we would have done it. I don't think I could have done it. Um, but also, I think a, a, a huge motivating factor for me is because I organized it. So I would notice that if I got like down, if I said I was tired, 
then it will just trickle right down. And the other 17 people will be like, oh, well, Rob's tired, then I must oh, yeah, be tired. You gotta, you gotta so keep that standard up. I had to keep the energy up and I had to keep going. So that was a huge motivating factor for me. Um, yeah, I mean, I we've done two 24-hour charity marathons, uh, a 24-hour record attempt, 31-hour record, and 43-hour record. I played more dodgeball in five separate settings than most people have played in their entire life. Um, I, yeah, I just there's no there's no option. And one of the 24-hour marathons um, that we just did for charity for uh, Ainsley's Angels, providing um, jogging wheelchairs for people for for kids who who don't have the mobility to run. Uh, I broke my foot in the 11th hour. I went up and I dodged two balls and I came down on another ball. Oh, I went out God. and I. I taped my uh, my foot, didn't take my sneaker off, and three guys from Pennsylvania were like, oh, we're, well, um, I think we're done. I'm like, well, you're not done. He said, well, you're done. Nope, no, I'm not. And I finished the tournament with a broken foot Jeez. because I knew if, if I was going to quit, then everybody else would, and then that's what, one or two less jogging wheelchairs for, for kids who need them. So it, there's, there was really no no option. Um when people are there watching, if press is there, that helps a lot. You kind of forget about how tired you are because you want to look good for cameras and you don't want people thinking that you're slacking off. But uh, it, it was tough. I, people always say, I'm going to break your record. I said, go right ahead and try because it's not easy. Wow. Yeah, that is um, <clears throat> there's something to be said about when other people are relying on you. Like you somehow just tap into this reservoir of strength and, and resolve that you just did not know you had. And it'll carry you through um, the the worst things ever, and you just you come out a better person for it. What um, where could you find out more about this, or where? Um, I mean, is it like leg- legitimate in the world, um, the Guinness Book of World Records, or can you see it on a site, or how do? You, yeah, how do you... I, if if you just look up uh, New York Dodgeball World Record, it should probably come up, or Rob Immel World Record. Uh, I'm sure a bunch will come up. That's awesome. And so you're going to be there forever, basically. Yeah, let's hope so. <laughs> wow. I, I, so just real quick, so you just nonstop competitive games. Did you guys rotate out at all? Did you get like any breaks or? Yeah, if you um, you can bank through. Guinness has super, super strict rules, and it's just a pain in the ass. Like there's so many different rules, and you have to follow everything to a T. Um, you can bank. You have a five-minute break for every hour that you play, and you can bank that time. So we would bank. We would just bank up like nine hours worth and take a forty-five-minute break. Let me just like eat and listen to music, and uh, kind of hang out, things like that. But um, I I didn't want to stop because I knew my body, and I knew that if I stopped, I wasn't starting again. Some people tried to sleep because we did have three subs. Some people tried to sleep. I think that hurt them. I just I just kept playing. Yeah, playing. So I knew, like I said, if I stop, I was done. I just, I'd hammer down a Cliff Bar, a sugar-free Red Bull, and a couple of Clementines, and a handful of uh, ibuprofen, and I was good to go. <laughs> like I probably just took two years of my life, but so be it. I'm gonna live forever. <laughs> That's right. That's right. It's pretty cool because one, you know, Toshi had, he traveled 15 hours, 18 hours on a plane to get here and do this, and uh, a woman from the New York Times was interviewing him, and I was kind of in the hallway like helping him maybe translate a little bit um, through just different words. I don't speak Japanese, but um, <laughs> but uh, she asked him, it's, it must take a lot for you to, you know, to, to fly here. And he said, 
and it's in the New York Times article. He said that um, it's a lot, but it's it's nothing compared to what Rob has done and what Rob is doing for dodgeball. And I was like, "Wow, what?" Like that was the most. That was like the best thing in the world. Um, so right there, there like something here and that. Like I, I was good to go for another twelve hours. Yeah, I just recharged. I will I will do this for three more days because you said that. Right. That's crazy. Um, any any particular songs that like they just kind of helped you stay focused and motivated? Oh yeah, we had a my best friend Brett is like a musical genius, so he he had a forty three hour playlist, um, and it's your oh, typical man. stuff. You know, we're we're huge Steel Panther fans, and 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 back then every time Steel Panther would come on, we would uh, we'd go crazy. And the New York Times lady was <laughs> was interviewing me. And uh, I forget what Steel Panther song it was, but it was not appropriate. And they they were saying some pretty vile things. And I, I was she was interviewing me, and I just could not help. I was just giggling. I I hadn't slept, so I was just had to giggle. And uh, but music was definitely a motivating factor. You know, uh, old anything from '90s '90s rap to guilty pleasures of not, you know 2000 pop, you know, just for for a change. But of course, the staples of Metallica and everything else are in there to keep you going. That's awesome. Is there one particular song that you just like? This is this is the song I go to 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 get amped up or to focus. Um, um uh, I don't know. Empire has our has our walkout song is is uh, Airborne, Live It Up, and it's just this kind of a slow start, and it just it just gets me so focused and fired up. I feel like a WWE star walking down the ramp or something. <laughs> that's, you know? that's what I was picturing. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll play it when we get like a mile away from the venue. We'll play it before we walk out. It's just, it's kind of like our song. Yeah, Airborne, Live It Up. God, it's funny. It's, it's amazing, like the parallels that, that exist. Um, I clearly don't do this anymore, but when, we, uh, when we'd roll up to like a Phoenix tournament with uh, Team Evil, um, you know, I had, we packed my mom's SUV with, uh, with players. And so I don't know what possessed me to get this idea, but I just started playing Roll Out by Ludacris as we were pulling up into the parking lot and for some reason it was like the funniest thing but it became tradition and it's just like I wonder how many other people out there have like their their go-to song and they're like their posse or like their squad roll-up song that they just start blasting the moment they approach that venue and we think we thought we were so original right to, to do stuff like that <laughs> yeah it's funny because I'm sure if you asked every every teammate that I have uh, what song is, is your team song we would all say the same one that's awesome. Um, real quick segue. Um, Lyric Friday. I see that on your Facebook feed, and sometimes I play along, or at least I think I'm playing along, because I you just get a song <laughs> stuck in my head. I'm like, all right, cool. I guess I'll I'll, I'll sing along, or I'll I'll type along. Sure. What is that about exactly? Just for fun, or? Yeah, my buddy Brett. He just uh, he's all about music, and he just thought it'd be fun for a couple people just to do like hashtag Lyric Friday, and put up some lyrics. And you know, some Fridays it's it's a theme for me or it's what I'm feeling or what I'm thinking. And other Fridays it's if I'm having a slice of pizza in the pizza pizza shop and a song playing, I just, I just put it down there. But it's crazy that you ask because like if I forget all of a sudden, like I'll have random Facebook messages or text messages like, dude, where's your lyric Friday? Like on a Friday, like, where is it? Like we're looking forward to it. for this man. Where is it? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yes, it's, I don't know, like anything else, it's something corny, but positive to do, uh, on social media. And uh, I dig it. I like looking at other people's stuff. To, cause I'm, I kind of imagine that they're doing the same thing that I am. Either they're hearing the song, they're thinking of the song, or they're thinking of a memory uh, that the song reminds them of. 
and I, I dig. I try to place what pe- where people's heads are at by reading uh, their song lyric. That's awesome. Yeah, um, I think it was Dylan Tobia. He once posted. It may not have been him, but I think it was him. He most once posted like Bohemian Rhapsody, just like one line, and then all of a sudden, nineteen notifications later, you got like the entire song going on. The entire it's song. Just, <laughs> yeah, it's just really cool when that happens. It's such a uh, yeah. In a world of negativity, that's one of the cool things that uh, people can do sometimes that just brighten your feet up a little bit. So yeah, I thought I'd absolutely comment absolutely. on that. Um, real quick, um, I got two more questions, maybe three. Um, when we last spoke, uh, one of my pressing questions was, will we ever see you at an elite tournament? And I think the answer that you'd given me was, it's not even so much about what you may think, and I'm not going to air that out, really. Um, trying to keep this podcast neutral, and I'll just leave it at that. But it was more of the style of play that just isn't, it's not your style. Like, you even kind of alluded to it earlier. Like, you like to be all over the place, balls to the wall. Am I mistaken, or do I remember correctly? Yeah, no, that that's it. I get that question, that question all the time, and... <clears throat> It's funny. I feel like people sometimes are, are nervous to ask me, like there's some kind of uh, vendetta why I haven't been. But I mean, locally, there's it's three tournaments in the championship. I mean, and it's awesome. But if some if one of my teammates has something going on that weekend, I'm not going without them. Um, but the majority is, I said it before. I said it to one of the elite organizers, Tim Wells. I said, I'm 36 years old. I got three kids and a beautiful wife at home. I said, if I'm not going to travel. Uh, with my team to play uh, a tournament that I'm not gonna have fun with, you know. And, and don't get me wrong, dodgeball is fun. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Any style, but I like the faster pace, and I'm not all about um, the the three balls and huddle up for 30 seconds. Um, luckily, the World Dodgeball Association style fits me perfectly. That European style fits me. I love it. I like found my niche. Like I'm, I've started over again with this WDA cloth ball style. Um, don't get me wrong. My heart is and my brain is rubber, but uh, this cloth ball style is just super fun. There's no time to huddle up. There's no time to talk. Um, so you know, I I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure you. I'm sure you will because I'll, I'll never stop playing. So I'm sure you will see me at, at a, an elite type tournament. But um, if I had my druthers. I'd make it a lot faster. I'll take that as a as a hint of some kind, and um, that makes perfect sense. I mean, um, and it's not, yeah. and it's not. And people, I think people ask me that question sometimes, and they're hoping for like a a Phil Donahue or a Jerry Springer type answer, where it's like I have some kind of protest against them. No, I mean some of my some of my teammates have played in elite tournaments with like Team Awesome or something like that. Um, it's great. I love what they're doing. They're they're taking the uh, the National Dodgeball League, the NDL model, and they've got everybody on their ship, and they're running with it, and they're organizing these awesome tournaments that everybody loves, and everybody shares on Facebook, and it's great. It's what we need. Um, but I just, I don't know. It's just one you of those need things. Some where stars I, to a to a line, and then then we'll see. Yeah, yeah. I, sure, sure. I'm in. I mean. I, you know, one thing that's going to get me there is I see these uh, these team rankings come out, and I see teams that are top three that haven't beat my team in like three years. But um, yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Dodgeballs, dodgeballs. But I'm focused right now on WDA. 
I think they're they're doing the right thing. I think that um, I'd be honored to to represent USA at the at uh, Madison Square Garden in August of eighteen at the Dodgeball World Cup. Um, and that's that's what I'm focusing on right now. Um, I'm playing strictly WDA style. I'm playing strictly with with the cloth ball, with the WDA ball, and everything they're doing right now is so good for the sport. And uh, I've never been so positive in the fact that I think that we will see this beautiful game that we love in the Olympics um, in the future. And I think that a lot of that has to do with what the WDA is doing right now. And that's that's what you were doing this past weekend, right? Because um, yeah, you mentioned Team USA. I saw the Instagram. Yep, this past weekend I was lucky uh, enough. I went out to Maryland to try out, and I also went to a tryout locally, pretty locally here in New York. Um, and I was uh, lucky enough to be invited out to Washington, D.C. to the America's Cup, which was a qualifying event for the Dodgeball World Cup, uh, which is going to be held at Madison Square Garden in August of 2018. Uh, so this is a strictly a Team USA versus Team Canada match. We met up in Washington, D.C. They held a women's match, a mixed team match, and a men's match. And uh, it was it was great. It was awesome. There was some, you know, the, the trial process, I guess, is still going on for the U.S. team. Uh, like I said, I did two tryouts. They're having their last tryout in Missouri this weekend, and they're also viewing video submissions. So the team isn't announced yet, and there were some people, I think, who were kind of on the bubble that were uh, also invited. So it wasn't the actual Team USA team, but uh, we had a pretty good squad. We had a good time, and we actually we ended up beating uh, Canada and sweeping them and winning winning all divisions. But there were some close games in there too, and I saw some some people I never I didn't know that played dodgeball play, and they, the future looks pretty bright. So hopefully we're nice. going to bring a great squad to Matt Square Garden, and hopefully I'm there representing, um, and hopefully we'll we'll do well and represent our country. Because that, that event in Manchester, England in uh, July of 16 was very incredible with 57 teams represented, uh, 57 countries represented. It was pretty magical to see how popular dodgeball is worldwide. I think that's something people don't realize is, is how other countries have really picked this up and run with it. And you'll even see it being taught in schools um, Whereas you absolutely will not see that here. In fact, people will scoff at you and look at you like you just committed the most awful blasphemy in your case uh, several years ago. But um, that's awesome, man. Congratulations on that and, and good luck. And I hope you do represent the U.S., um, get that opportunity and smash anybody that would dare defy us and our superiority. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to talk about like uniting people, just, uh, just throw a Team USA out there and we'll all want us to come out ahead regardless of uh, the organization. How can you how can you find out more about it though? Like what websites, um, Facebook page, um, yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. Uh, US, US Dodgeball has a has a Facebook page. Um, World Dodgeball Association, I think, is your best bet if you just look up. Uh, I think it's Planet Dodgeball or just Google World Dodgeball Association. Uh, they're doing the right things and they're 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 really really closely involved with the International Olympic Committee um, and other World Game Committees. We're dodgeball through the WDA was just accepted through um, an organization that is not the Olympics, but it's a World Games Association that's very close to the Olympics. So it's super exciting. Um, and, yeah, and, and they're doing the right thing. They're having these cups in different continents and things like that. Um, and the Dodgeball World Cup will be played every other year in a different place. 
when we were in Manchester, England, it was announced where the 2018 event was going to be. And, uh, you know, the, the three finalists were New York City, Australia, and Austria. Oh, and uh, I was really hoping for anything but New York City because, you know, of I've course. been there. <laughs> but it's, it is going to be cool. Hopefully, you know, as I said, I'll still be part of it. But uh, I'd love to have my kids and, and family and friends uh, come on out. I, I have a friend that's asking me, do you make a team? Do you make a team? I can't wait to, to get out there in August and, uh, and see you play. So hopefully, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, that, that's a great opportunity or that's a good takeaway is you can get um, relatives and friends to come check you out and watch you play instead of um, you know, just a handful that would have to fly to other countries. Right. Um, cool. So I, I do want to uh, respect your time, um, but you did bring out another question. So I've got two more left um, and I'll try to keep it at that. Um, so you mentioned you're 36. Um, future looks bright. May I ask how many more years of dodgeball do you see coming out of you and I ask this more of, as a personal question because I every time I meet somebody that's been around as long as I have if not longer I ask that question because I kind of look to them for permission on can I continue to, to play um, so that's where I'm coming from yeah. with that question at least yeah I uh, I don't I don't have a I don't have a timeline I think that um, my time as a dodgeball player is going to continue I mean I'll push a wheelchair I'll roll a wheelchair if I have to, but I think my time and my days of going to Germany for a week or, or you know, England for a week or, you know, playing against different countries maybe coming to an end soon. Um, I'm always going to be a competitive Dodger, but I, I hope, this sounds weird, but I hope in the next two or three years that I'm not good enough to make a USA team. I hope that the future brings up these new young athletes that love the game as much as I do who can – who can replace me? You know, I, I think that it'd be a success for dodgeball if I couldn't make a team in two years. I'm giving it my all right now, but as a 38-year-old dodgeball player in two years, I hope that I don't make it. I hope I'm not fast enough. I hope I'm not quick enough. Right now, I am. Right now, I'm at the best of my game. So, knock on wood, I hope that remains. Right. I can't believe I am. But as I'm playing, you know, 19-year-olds, 21-year-olds, 23-year-olds, and they're rubbing biofreeze on their arm and they're, they're complaining about how tired they are. It makes me feel pretty damn good that I, I feel as good as I am. And I think a lot of that uh, I have to attribute to my, my, my mental state of mind. Like I'm not stopping. I'm not seeing myself as old. I mean, I may look in the mirror. I look like Paulie Walnuts a little bit with the, with the, uh, the gray hair sides, but <laughs> I, uh, I feel great. And uh, I'm going to keep playing for a long time. My oldest son is only seven. So, I got like a decade before you can start doing things. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, as far as as far as competitive, and like I said, I hope at 38 years old, I'm not one of the top 10 players in the U.S. that can make that team. As weird as that sounds for me to say, but for the sport, it doesn't uh, I may sound be on, weird. So much sideline or something, but I just I'll play forever. But my competitive obsession with this game. Uh, will continue locally, not internationally, probably. Gotcha. So, so permission granted for you to just keep on trucking. <laughs> that, that's, that's what I heard. That's what I heard. It's like, you know what? Uh, Rob just wrote me a blank check. I can play until I can't, until I physically cannot play anymore. And even then, and, can I really and, not play? <laughs> and you know what? Honestly, uh, 
my family right now, they don't they don't want me to not play because I don't know what I'll do. I'd be too crazy. I'd be bouncing around the walls like crazy. My wife would say, get, get out, go do something else. You need to burn so, that energy, man. <laughs> I, I can't, I need, I need dodgeball. I think about it all the time. I, uh, I'm always thinking about strategies. I'm always thinking about next opportunities to play and better my game. So I'm it. I'm here for now, and we'll go with that. Nice. That was a good answer. In fact, I think that reminded me, um, when we last spoke, we had like a pact, like neither of us can retire until we've placed, played against each other at least once. That's right. So that's, right. that's another check mark that unfortunately has to be made before we even think about it. So <laughs> we'll hold each other to that. Definitely. Cool, man. Well, the last question I have for you, um, and I'm sure it's not absolute, but what is your greatest dodgeball memory so far to date? My, uh, my greatest dodgeball memory is the next one. You know, is next the next one I'm going to play is Monday. So that's my that's my greatest memory. I look that's forward to making these memories. You know, I I I I look back and there, there's so many different things that are bookmarked and and so many different plays and ridiculous things I've done with my body and and game winning catches and game winning kills and and you know I I had the winning throw in Germany and I had a great game winner this weekend against Canada. It's just those things. It's just all part of greatness. I think one that sticks out, though, for me is when we set the world record um, 2013, I believe it was. Uh, oh, shoot. It was 2010. It was the 31-hour record. 2010, my daughter was two, and my son was about to be born. Like, a lot of the newspaper headlines asked me, you know, what happens if your wife goes into labor? Uh, when you're doing this world record, you can't leave. And my response was, I'm, I'm glad that there's doctors on call because I'm not. <laughs> but uh, fortunately, fortunately, he stayed, he stayed in until it was over. But my, nice. uh, my little two-year-old daughter, our daughter was there, and there's this picture um, of her and I. She just ran up to me after the record. I'm just looking at her. I got a bottle of champagne in one hand, and she's just looking at me. And it's just this crazy feeling of, like, holy shit, like my dad is a world record holder, you know, and it, and I was at, that. That to me is one of the best ones. It wasn't a tournament. It was no victory. Obviously, we got the world record, but that's a memory that I'll always remember. And my wife being ten months pregnant there as well. Wow. Uh, but that. But that's it. And I think, you know, even then people are like, "What are you doing? You have a kid on the way." Well, now I have three kids, and I'm still doing the, th- the same thing. So it just shows right there that my love for this game is just is forever. It's infinite. That's awesome, man. Yeah, it's uh. That's crazy. That I, I you said you didn't win anything, but it. I mean, the the stamina, the dedication, determination, the fact that you were able to arrange all that stuff and it all just kind of came together for you. That is uh, that is really awesome. And and I, it, it's one of those things that like I I knew existed. I just didn't know to what degree and to what depth. And when I saw it going on, I was like, oh, that's that's crazy, cool. Next feed, please, or, or next thing. And I, I really want to um, be able to shed light on that and just like let that be known that this is the thing that happened took a lot of time dedication effort energy and it played out really well for you and um hats off to you man for sticking through that that 800 games is insane i still can't get over that yeah it was insane and when we broke the uh the record for 43 hours you know um the first record was 42 hours 17 minutes so we got to 42 hours and then 17 minutes passed and we we officially had the record we were gonna go for 43 but I gathered everybody as we're setting the balls up, and all 18 of us were there in the center of the court. And uh, it's a court that I play in and, and train in uh, multiple times a week. And I'm just looking around at these faces, and there's just the, the joy and, and the attention they had on me. I broke down. I started crying. I'm not afraid to admit it. 
a super emotional moment, and we 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 stuck together for forty two and twenty minutes, and uh, I started crying, and then we just we played for another forty to set the, the the world record, and it was an incredible time with incredible people that I'll never uh, I'll never forget. Yeah, there's, there's no shame in that. That's got to be moving. I don't care who you are. Awesome man. Well, um, appreciate your time, Rob. I mean, I could I could talk to you forever, and we both know this already, <laughs> considering we just completely had a, the a similar conversation not too long ago, but still found new things to talk about. Um, I'm pretty pretty excited about where this podcast may lead to. Um, I'm sure we have more opportunities to talk in the future. So. Yeah, um, and you know, if if anybody asks or, or wants to, you know, hear more or any kind of questions or rebut anything, you know, I'm Rob Hometown on Facebook or just Rob Immel, Dodge One Ball at Gmail dot com. Get a hold of me, whatever you need. Yeah, you're not some. Uh, there's not some era of of mystery around you. Like, yeah, you can. You're a very approachable guy. You can. And I, I admit, I kind of had that little hesitation at first. Like, oh, I don't know if I should ask this question, but I did, and um, I'm better off for it. So. It's uh, right. it's one of the coolest thing I remember about you is like you're always just open. You're just down to talk dodgeball. Doesn't matter where, when, how. You're just you love the game, and so that's one thing all, that we both have in common. For sure. So, unfortunately, fortunately, depending on how you look at it, that was actually my second conversation with Rob, due to some technical difficulties, uh, mostly on my end. What was an amazing conversation, unfortunately, got lost due to my audio ignorance. And while I have no problem subjecting you all to an hour plus of content, what I absolutely do have a problem with, however, is subjecting you to something that's inferior quality, especially when I know I can do better. So much, in fact, that uh, Nick, he uh, he actually got on my case about not recording in the studio. And so that just goes to show the, uh, the overall intent um, of these episodes. And we do hope that that is uh, reflected in them. And um, I really do hope that it came out as good as I think it did. Um, I can talk, again, dodgeball forever with Rob. It was great. Uh, Rob, I appreciate you being such a good sport about it, uh, for sticking around a second time, and uh, just working with me to find that one magical hour where we can both connect and make this thing happen. As mentioned in the first episode, if you're interested in talking dodgeball, you know where to look. Until my next victim, this is Steve with the Dodgeball Podcast, signing off. Oh, and uh, happy holidays, everyone.